Hey, this is Ryan Croton of the More Than Velocity podcast. Listen, what I'm going to do is, uh, is I'm going to break up this podcast today into small parts. I, I want you to digest our guest. Uh, and I don't want you to watch this for 30 seconds and come off of it because I'm telling you right now, the person that we have on this podcast is a go-to guy for me. Um, I don't have many go-to guys in the industry. I mean, Bodie, yeah, he's one. Ben Brewster, he's one. You know, Brent Porciao, he's one. Um, there, there's a there's a host of others. Uh, Randy Sullivan, I got to name him. But this guy who I'm about to introduce, Mike Killian, is um, the most versatile person. Doesn't matter baseball or outside of the game that I've met. Uh, former software engineer, he's an athletic trainer. He's also a, a pitching guru. I, I know people hate this word, but he's a guru to me. He's, he's teaching me things. And uh, he's been using our product. And I kept thinking to myself, man, we got we to gotta hit this and, and talk about him and the things he's doing. And, um, you know, I'm going to let him speak a little bit about his background, but I'm going to tell you where we're at. Um, we've had conversations back and forth. And, you know, everybody in the competitive sport industry needs a, a niche. And, uh, and Mike is like the arm whisperer. You know, it's like a horse. You take a horse after they've broken their leg and you got to send them to like a special person that can re-educate the, the horse to, uh, to be able to race again, you know, and this is, this is Mike, Mike, Mike is a master at working with injured players. The thing that worries me about Mike is that his role is not going to be appreciated the way it is as far as prevention. You know, although he is working with injured players and he's taking them back to excel beyond the level of performance they came into with an injury, our world has to get better at preventing injury. You know, every parent I talk to, it's like, oh, my kid's going to have Tommy John anyway. Uh, a lot of people in professional baseball that I've communicated with, uh, and I really want to go in there and dig in and, and help them with their injury problems. They just think it's the cost of doing business. It's not uh, in, in their mind. It's not a matter of, will it ever happen? It's like, when, you know? So uh, I'm telling you, Mike is phenomenal. I got to get him to speak. I know I've talked a little bit about him. I'm telling you, he's the secret weapon for me. Uh, if you're watching my stuff and listening to me, he gives me a lot of great insight. So, you know, uh, Mike, I, I want to, you know, introduce you obviously to, to what you're doing, but I want people to kind of know your background and story and, you know, the new business concept that you have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my name is Mike Killian. Uh, I actually started out as a uh, software. Well, actually uh, I played been playing baseball since I was five years old. I was uh, being recruited by the Cincinnati Reds. Unfortunately, I got into a car accident. So it literally ended my career before it ever started. And, it, and it's kind of wild because that got me into what I do now. Uh, you know, after that, and you know, when I recovered from it, uh, and back then, I mean, there was no PT type stuff. I mean, the orthopedic surgeon basically released me and said, have at it. And so I went out uh, play catch with my brother, and, you know, he's 20, 30 feet in front of me, and I went to throw the ball, and it went sideways. Uh, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew what was going to take to get back, and I just said, uh, I'm, I'm done. So I, I uh, signed on with uh, first Southwestern Bell, which is now fully AT&T, and then from there I went to IBM as a software engineer when uh, data replication which myself and one other guy that basically had the entire world. I mean, I had 
U.S., Canada, and Asia. And, and since he was in Europe, he had the rest of the, the world. And so I literally traveled every single week, you know, and, and you know, it was great, you know, monetarily wise and, and all that. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm, you know, we're, we're popping out kids right and left, and, you know, five kids later, you know, my wife's saying, hey, this isn't working. Plus, you know, all my kids started to get into sports. And, and so I said, you know, is it better to do what I'm doing or, or now be their advocate? And so I basically stepped away from that consulting from home and started getting into the athletic world. And, and part of that, what, you know, and I, I kind of went into the back end of it. You know, my daughter had uh, ACL uh, tears one, one her junior year in high school, one her junior year in college and basketball. My wife's had two. And so, you know, and, and, you know, I had to do my own recovery on my shoulder. I mean, I basically shattered my shoulder blade and, and they had you know, four inch long screws and, you know, to hold my rotator back together. You know, so I, I learned, uh, yeah, to do rehab for that. I've done the rehabs for all my, all my kids and my wife. And so I kind of got in, you know, towards the back end of it is, is learning how the body operates and, and how to get them back to what the sport they were doing. Yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. And, and, uh, you know, he's got, Mike's got this art and science component, which is, which is really good. And I think you need to have that, you know, and, and, and what I think about is evidence-based return to performance, right? We need to know what the baselines are for our athletes before they get hurt. And then during the rehabilitation process, we need to have the benchmarks to know when they're cleared or when they're, you know, ready for higher demand. So, you know, Mike, can, can you share a little bit about what armcare.com, what it's done for, you know, your current practice? Yeah, well, and it's actually, I mean, it's been unbelievable. I mean, always in the past, it's, it's kind of one of those that I knew what to do and, you know, but there was nothing, no gate, you know, so basically what I would do, is, you know, especially like with, with uh, pitchers, is, you know, we'd work at something for a couple of weeks and I'd say, okay, let's, let's test it. And so we'd start the throw and, and, you know, and their discomfort or our weakness or, you know, and say, okay, well, let's back back off and go back into the, into the, you know, the, you know, the backing off the re, uh, recovery part. What arm care has now allowed me to do is, and now I, I take my, my actual recovery piece, you know, the stuff I do to actually get the arm better I've literally wrapped arm care around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, before I do, I mean, the, the first thing I'll do is, is kind of do a, a, a base test with them with, you know, with all the, the typical tools. But then I also use arm care to say, Hey, where is this guy at right now? You know, does he, does he have efficiencies that, you know, is the scap working correctly? Yeah. And so, you know, so there, there, I start there. And then I go through the test and then I literally go into the, you know, my recovery piece, you know, which is a lot of, of using uh, recover. I mean, a re- uh, connection ball in a, in a training sock. Yep. And then what I'll do after that is then go into a post exam to say, Hey, you know, did we decline, you know, mm-hmm. did we, you know, how much did, it, did I lose in strength? And then from that point on, then, then we'll go back in and actually do the full workout through arm care. Yep. That's amazing. Actually, and I'll actually do that for two or three weeks, you know, until, until we can, we see that, that the numbers are staying there. 
then I'll start that in, in a other pro, uh, programming, you know, I'll start to work on the lower body or, you know, or whatever, you know, which caused that uh, injury to happen. Now, a lot of the people we talk to uh, in the baseball world, they're very protected, not don't want to share a lot because I get it. It's a business. Mike's going to go into deep detail and some case studies. And we're going to present one today where uh, he used our device and evaluated a player and this player was a landscaper on the side, you know, in a common world, you know, as a paying customer, he's working with Mike, you know, they come in the door and most coaches are not going to appreciate the physical nature of what this athlete does every day. And they might come in on a day where they've done a ton of landscape work, heavy manual lifting, nervous systems fried, you know, all of a sudden they show up at the, at the location. It's like, Hey, we're doing a weighted ball program. We're going to do 12 running guns today. These are the ball weights. And then we're going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z super high intensity, you know, Mike being this evidence-based, uh, you know, performance specialist, he is now going to a point where he's like, you know what, today we need to do recovery. And he's also really given this athlete some insight in terms of pivoting and how he's doing his pre-work from his his training. But what I'm going to say before I turn it over to Mike and he's going to lay out what he's been doing with this athlete, uh, how he's getting him back to health, is that this particular kid under Mike's command has produced strength results that are incredible. And I will tell you, I've been looking at dynamometry data for the throwing arm uh, since 2010. So we're coming on 12 years. It's the strongest arm I've ever seen, hands down. Um, you know, we look at relative strength uh, to body weight. So as a percentage, so we want to see our athletes get to 70% in total arm strength in pounds relative to the pounds of body weight. Okay. This particular kid we're going to talk about, um, he's gone through shoulder injury surgery and, uh, he's, he posted a, uh, 111. That means his arm strength was stronger than his body weight. Okay. This is incredible. Uh, I, I've never seen it uh, in my life. So I'm sending it over to Mike and Mike, just kind of walk us through, man, An initial assessment that you looked at with this athlete, the communication, the process, where you're going to be taking this, the objectives, the evaluations. Okay. Uh, it, it basically started out, I mean, he was in Montana in minor league ball and, and, and basically, you know, texting me and sending me videos saying that, you know, you know, his arm was killing him, his velocity was starting to drop. And so I literally said, okay, you know, take your shirt off and, and, and do a couple different tests where you're raising your arm, you know, because he said all of it was in the, in the backside of his shoulder. Okay, so I basically told him, you know, to almost, almost like a jumping jack where you take your hands lateral and, and go up over your head while at the same time having somebody video it. And, and when he did that, I mean, I didn't have to go any further. I mean, I saw that his, he's a left-hander and I saw that his left scap was probably two or three inches below his right scap. And, and, you know, and so I got back on the phone with him and I said, I, I go, Cody, you got to stop. And he goes, what do you mean stop? I said, you got to keep throwing. I said, I said, you, you've got scapular dyskinesia. And if you keep throwing, you're going to blow up the shoulder. And he goes, I can't coach. I can't, you know, they'll, they'll release me. You know, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's see if we can, you know, so I, I, so I gave him a whole exercise routine, you know, but I, I knew in the back of my mind, it, it, it wasn't going to go good, you know, because, because you have to stop. 
And, you know, of course he didn't, you know, it, it blew it up, uh, finished the season, but he didn't pitch a whole lot. He came back, uh, in the, in the fall. And, and, you know, and so the first thing we tried to do is, was re-strengthen it. We got it to the point where there was no pain, but, it, but he still felt it. So I sent him to, to one of the Cardinals orthopedic surgeons. And, and of course he had a, a labrum tear, you know, posterior labrum tear. You know, so that pretty much stopped everything we were doing. You know, he had surgery. He came back probably two months after that. Uh, and then we, so we, we started our return to throwing, you know, which, which everybody gets once at. So what I did was immediately put him on arm care, you know, so made him do the, the uh, fresh exam uh, prep work, you know, do the fresh exam, which, which wasn't bad. I think it was probably in the uh, 80s. You know, so it was it was over the minimum, you know, and then we, we did our return to throwing, which the very first session is, you know, you're throwing it at, at 20 and 35 feet, you know, 10, 10 throws at, at 20 feet and, and 25 or 35 for two sets. Okay. Let, yeah. I, I just, I kind of want to ask you from the time that he had surgery, how long did it take for you to reintegrate throwing? Um, uh, well, they, I mean, you know, of, of course, when you go to the, the, through the you know Cardinals uh, orthopedics, they send you to you know some uh, a PT. So I didn't see him through the entire PT. He came back to me when they said it was time to start the return to throw, and even though okay. he was still going to that PT. Okay. Okay. Cool. Keep going. Okay. And then so and so you know and, and he felt discomfort. I mean it wasn't you know pain pain, but he you know I mean he's a sharp athlete, knows his body really well, so he could say hey it, it doesn't feel good. I mean, I, I can feel my shoulder moving around as he's throwing. And, you know, that was only two sets. So then we got into the post-exam, and, I mean, it crashed. I mean, really bad. Big fatigue. You know, big yeah, fatigue. Big-time fatigue. So yep. when I started questioning him, saying, you know, Cody, we didn't do that much. You know, I mean, what's going on? So they come to find out that he was just a PT two hours before he got there. You know, yeah. doing PT three or four days a week. Yeah, yeah. I go, I go old man. I said you can't you can't do both in a day. Matter of fact, we need to try to schedule your PT at the end of the week when we're done with our three throwing sessions. Perfect. Said, See, I got to stop you right there. Got to stop you right there. I'm sorry for the people who are listening. This is the way the world needs to work for pitchers. Ultimate communication. The way the tool is being used is that Mike diagnosed this kid's fatigue. You know, in, in a lot of like our mentality, Mike, and you probably test people, you know, in the industry is more is better. More is better. Do he's weak, do more, you know, and you're realizing with this stringent uh, testing protocol, you know, here's somebody and, and I believe pitching coaches are the gateway to health in baseball, not the medical staff, not the strength staff. The pitching coaches have the most violent activity that a baseball player can do. Right. Number one predictor of pitching injuries is pitching. It's not, you know, you're not doing it in the weight room. It's throwing. And the way he used this is he communicated to other stakeholders and create an appropriate schedule and need people to understand that. Use the tool to have effective communication. Back to you, Mike. Okay. So, so, you know, once he saw that, you know, I mean, his first thing is, well, can I just do the test on a Monday after I'm on the weekend? I'm like, no, we've got to do this every day. Said otherwise, it, we're not going to know where you're at, and and so we, we, I convinced him that he went back to his PT, and now the PT was was literally being done on the weekend. 
Yep. So, so we had a full week of throwing. He'd have two days of rest from his last PT session. And, and when we went that route, I mean, his numbers really started to climb. And, and he didn't have fatigue. Actually, uh, his post-throwing was, was usually higher than his, than, than his fresh exam. See, okay, got to stop you there. Got to stop you there. You see, this, the, the way Mike is describing his return to throwing programs, this is what needs to happen uh, all over. Professional baseball, got to happen. Got to assess the strength after. And he's seeing the, uh, a very remarkable benefit of his work because when you are training an athlete, you're designing a program, you want to see minimized fatigue uh, after throwing. That's because he's creating an appropriate amount of fatigue to develop the capacity going into this high-intensity training session. And now this athlete's neurological system is actually getting potentiated. I've seen that in some of my work, some of my, my academic work, and some of my professional work. Is there's a certain subset of athletes, when you hit the training right, when you hit the workload right, they're coming out of these sessions activated. You know, and, and this, is, this is what Mike does. You know, he's not breaking kids down. He's building them up. So go ahead, Mike. Keep going, man. Okay. So, so I mean, it, 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 it was climbing through the week. I mean, uh, you know, through the roof. And then, and then, you know, then he came to me and said, Coach, I'm going to uh, start doing some lawn care, you know, to make money on the side. And I'm like, oh, gosh. You know, and it, you know, I, you can't say no. I mean, either that or, you know, I have to pay him. And, you know, so, so I said, okay, well, we'll monitor closely. Well, he started that, you know, on a Monday. And that very night he came in. And I mean, even the, even the fresh exam was a disaster. I mean, the numbers were way low, you know, and we still went through everything. He started feeling the pain again or the, or the discomfort. And, and so I went to him and I, you know, I said, Cody, the, the landscaping is not going to work. You know, it, Either that or, I mean, you're not going to play baseball. I mean, the recovery is just not going to get there. And, you know, and if, if we don't get that shoulder, you know, we'll get to a point where, where it's permanent. And, yeah. and you know, so it took another day. You know, and, he, and, of course, he went back to the same thing. Well, can we just test on Monday? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, Cody, it, 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 it's not how it works. I mean, it's the only way to, for me to get you back to major league level is, is we've got to push this. Yep. And so, so, I mean, you know, he spent a couple of days, he went, he worked literally the rest of that week and he literally quit one lawn, lawn care. And then since then, in the, in the two weeks since he's quit, I mean, he's literally, he went from 45 feet, 50% effort on 71 miles an hour. Nice. Week later, he was up to 77 miles an hour, 50% effort. So, yeah, go, I want to stop you right there. Okay. Um, when you talk about percent effort of throwing, it's interesting because there's been a few studies to look at how throwing athletes uh, estimate their effort and what actually comes out in velocity. So I'm telling you why this is so impressive is that the typical athlete that throws 90 miles an hour, right? Um, when they go about 50%, that's usually about 75 miles an hour, like what you're saying, right? Um, and that sort of equates to, you know, you add to the hundred percent, that's generally around 90. Okay. So there's a, there's almost a 25 mile per hour increase on their percentage at 50. Um, when you get to the point where guys throw in 77, you know, we're talking about this kid, we're talking about an arm that's been broken and he's already 
estimate, you know, a 25% increase at hundred percent from his 75% effort subjectively, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's 25% on that. He's 92 miles an hour with an, with an arm coming back from a slap tear. This is kind of the ridiculousness. I'm not saying ridiculous in a bad way of what Mike brings to the table. You know, we're talking about an athlete who 50%, you know, this is something that we need to do in, in the re- return to performance process. You're already, you're also seeing that Mike's putting a number to everything, you know, not just throwing a kid out there and say, Hey, 50%, throw 50% today at 45 feet and you're turning your back on him. Mike's there. He's assessing, he's looking at any kind of, uh, you know, nor abnormalities in velocity, you know, increases or decreases. I mean, he's matching these performance outcomes to functional outcomes. This is kind of where the world has to go. You know, the difference is Mike's doing this in one person. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mike, you know, talk to me, you know, from here too. Okay. So, you know, and then, you know, and, and of course, you know, I, I reached out to you this, you know, because there are post-tests we're better than the, in the, in the fresh exam, you know, and after talking to you, so what we started doing and get from that 71 to 77 is we said, Hey, let's, let's start pushing it a little harder because we're obviously not fatiguing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we can, you know, because of, you know, for a while in, in every athlete there, you know, once you're, once you're injured, you're always worried is that next throw going to blow up again, yep. you know? And, and the great thing about arm care is it's showing us that we can keep pushing that envelope. And that's literally how we got from 71 to 77 in a week was, was our post-test was better than our, our fresh exam for that day. So we kept pushing the envelope. So, nice. you know, he'd get into the third set and, you know, we'd go from, he'd start out maybe, you know, 60 miles an hour. And by the time we got to the third set, he was, he was pushing it into the seven. Nice. And then we would take the test, the post-test and it was still higher. Yep. So, you know, so we're going to continue, you know, we, we jump up to uh, 45 and 60 feet next week. And so we're going to continue to, to push that while we're, while we're doing the monitoring, Perfect. make sure that our peak level stays away. Perfect. So, you know, I want to wrap this up in a couple minutes because I, I, I need to get our listeners to, to really focus on this. They don't have to pay attention for very long, but with this particular athlete, athlete in a couple of, you know, a couple minutes, can you, can you talk to us about, you know, the next, the next benchmarks, he talked about a distance, you know, um, what are some of the, the training benchmarks that you're looking for and the things that you're, you're projecting kind of from here out to, to getting on the field, you know, in a general overview, you don't have to. Yeah. Get- I mean, you know, when you, when you go through the return to throwing, you, there, you know, there's three different phases that, you know, that the orthopedics give you. you, you got the, you know, the first stage, which is, which is doing, you know, uh, two sets for two days or, you know, the rest day and then you go to three sets and then you, you start climbing back distances once we get to 90 feet now now we we add in we can now get onto the onto the mound and, and you first do a couple of weeks of just fastballs and then you, you do a couple of weeks where you start adding in a change up you know and then we get into the to the long toss and and so we'll continue to do that and you and, and wrap arm care around it make sure you know and to do the workouts with arm care because you know, based on your test, the arm care actually builds the workout for you. Mm-hmm. You know, once we get through the first stage where we can, you know, once we get on the mound, now I'm going to go into basically relearning how to, for him to use his lower body, because that was one of the things that probably caused the issues to begin with 
is is the I mean he was jumping out and and you know not didn't have a stable lower half. Yeah. So Fan. so great thing. I mean I mean it's you know I guess not a great thing, but what I have found at least once you get somebody with an injury, most of them it, they allow you to basically reprogram. Yep. Yes. Uh, whereas, whereas a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, pitchers I get come in and they say, Hey, I want to up this and they, they don't have any issues. They don't want to change anything. Yep. Yeah. You know, they say, well, this is the way I've always done. Like, yep. Well, that way it's not working. Is it? Otherwise you wouldn't be here. Yep. So this is, a, this is a good, this is a good uh, kind of end to this segment, you know? So Mike, now he's taking the realm of, you know, the communication level to, to influence players. And exactly what he's saying, like, you got to legitimize what you're asking them to do. A lot of players, I mean, it's baseball. They, they're grown up in data. It's inherent to them. So, you know, using this piece with our technology and showing them, you know, your arm strength is suffering. You know, we need to look at making a mechanical change so that your post strength goes up. These are some ways in which we can lead the athlete. You know, and he's right. Mike's right. Sometimes you just got to wait for them to fail. You know, you, you got to got to learn the learner and you got to come in at the right time. But, you know, Mike's now got an evidence based process and a database process influenced a player that, you know, obviously needs to make money, was a landscaper, was able to communicate in this, to this athlete with the data to uh, get into his psychology about now I got to shift. Now I got to really focus on, you know, my arm health, my func my functioning in my arm. I got to make baseball a priority. These are some sacrifices I need to make, you know, through a person like this. So this wraps up this segment. We're going to get into another one. Stay tuned.